pastors a church in Hobart, but he actually also pastors a church in Manila. And he's just about to take on a third campus for Velocity Church. And he's leading flourishing churches. And it has really been an amazing blessing this weekend for Josh and I to glean from Richard. And he's given us heaps of tips and building into us. And so we're so grateful. Thank you, Richard, for coming all this way. And I know the word that he brings this morning is equally going to encourage, bless, and equip us. So let's give him a big hand as he comes. Thanks, Richard. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you, Josh. It's so good to be with you guys this morning. Um, you know, I just want to pick up on, on the worship there and even, wow, there's just this feeling of a prophetic flow. Um, yeah, where do I go? Um, you know, we, we're just singing that, that, that last song and, and, and the, 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 the thought that came to me that I, I really believe is a God thought uh, is, is he's the God of resurrection and, and, and he speaks life into dead places. And so, you know, I just felt there might be some people here this morning and, and this might be a, just a reminder for you, a word of encouragement for you that wherever there's dead places in your life, the resurrection power is available to breathe life into those situations. It might be a relationship. It might be something to do with your work. It could be to do with your destiny. It might be a promise of God that you've been praying for and hasn't yet come to pass. You know, it could be a whole host of things, but God just wanted me to remind you today that He speaks life into dead places. Amen? Amen. Come on, come with me. Amen? Yeah, yeah. So, he, he, you know, he, he's the God of resurrection power. And, and today we need to remember that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and I. We're a resurrection power people. And so whatever you're facing, whatever's your struggle, whatever is the issue in your life right now, don't look to other people, look to God. Look to Jesus and, and, and just make room for him to start to move. And so I just want to pray uh, over you to, as we start this morning and as, as I start to share that, that God would release something over us today of his resurrection power of the presence of God. Let, let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this wonderful church. I thank you for every beautiful person that's in this room, God. They're your children. You love them. You're for them, not against them. No weapon formed against them shall prosper. And so today, God, I pray right across this place that your presence would come now. Yes, Jesus, Holy Spirit, come and fill this place, fill this space in time, God. Fill every heart and life here this morning. We're hungry for you. We're thirsty for your presence, God. I pray right across this room, Holy Spirit, that you would move, that you would touch lives, that you would encourage, that you would build up. Lord, that where there's death, where there's decay, breathe life. Breathe life, Holy Spirit. I prophesy life into dead bones. I prophesy resurrection power into dead places. That every problem, every sickness, every struggle, every relationship, every issue of life, God, that's not as it should be, right now would begin to align with heaven's purpose. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, speak to us this morning.
reveal something fresh and new about yourself to us, Lord God. And Lord, I pray that every one of us in this room would encounter you today before we leave this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So good to be here. You know, it's a, it's a privilege. I, I get to travel a bit in, in my role and it's just so cool to come into churches all over our nation and even in other nations. Kylie and I were just, my wife is Kylie, um, we were just a few weeks ago in the United Kingdom for nearly four weeks and um, we're, we're over there to, to preach in a whole lot of uh, apostolic United Kingdom, as they're known, uh, churches. And Kylie's one of the things she said, it's, you know, it's like we're with our cousins. It's, it's like we're with family. We've travelled across the world and we're in these churches in Wales and Scotland and, and England and, and, you know, the worship style might be a little different to our home church. You know, the, the people might look a, a little different, but, you know, the heart, the heart beats the same. And it's so good to be here with you guys. Thank you, Josh and Sarah, for the privilege of coming and being here. Um, as, as Sarah said, I'm on the national leadership team. I'm also, um, you know, network one of the network leaders and network over leader over your church. Um, I wear a whole bunch of hats, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just a person. You know, it, it's not about the roles and responsibilities or the positions or titles. Uh, it's about we're family. And just like you're encountering Jesus, I'm, I'm on that journey of, of just opening up my life more and more to his presence, encountering him. Um, for those that are interested, I'm married to a beautiful woman, Kylie. Um, she's the one that keeps me on track um, and she's fantastic. She, she doesn't travel as much as I do, but um, keeps the home fires burning and it's always good to return home to her. Um, I also have uh, two adult children and a uh, son-in-law as well. And so my daughter's married. Um, her name's Jane. She's married to Chris. And then I have a son, Nathan. Jane's 26. Nathan's 24. Um, and I just love life. You know, I love what God's doing. Um, I opened up Facebook this morning. I did open my Bible as well, but I opened Facebook this morning just in case you're concerned, and, and up popped a, a picture, a photo from 16 years ago and reminded me that um, three days ago, 16 years ago, um, I went to Hobart and we moved to Hobart with our kids, so our little tackers then, and um, we knew nothing and went and took on a church in Hobart. I don't know what our national leadership team was thinking, um, they're taking huge risks um, and, you know, the, the bizarre thing is I, th I thought I knew everything <laughs> and, you know, we've, we've made a lot of mistakes over the years. Um, there's a whole lot of things that I look back on and I think I could do so much differently now, um, but I just thank you for God's, I just thank God for his grace and I thank the, our church for their grace towards us. And, uh, you know, we've, we've seen God do amazing things and, and bless us and bless our church despite my failings, despite my inadequacies, despite my weaknesses. And I just praise God for that. And so let's get into the Word of God. Uh, I want to speak to you this morning 
and, and the title of my message is, Has God Got Your Attention? Has God Got Your Attention? You know, there's, there's a lot of things in this world that get our attention. You know, I was thinking about it and, you know, I thought, you know, money can get our attention. Um, I, I did have some cash in my wallet, but I've put it in the offering, so I can't show it to you. But, um, you know, if, if, I, if I pulled out some cash this morning and said I'm willing to give this to anybody, I'm sure I would have some people in this room give me their wholehearted attention. You know, if I was giving out $100 notes, uh, <laughs> some of you would spark up. You'd suddenly come. And amazing, the resurrection power of God would fall. You would come to life in church and, and just get passionate. You know, sometimes people can have our attention. You know, sometimes, um, you know, I, I, I pastor a church with a lot of young adults in it and I just laugh because sometimes I think some of those guys, um, they're not in church necessarily to encounter God. They're looking for ah, that other person. <laughs> and yeah, it's funny to watch, you know, when, when a guy walks in and suddenly a girl gives him some attention, how ridiculous he becomes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like tunnel vision <laughs> under this girl. You know, people can get our attention. Sport can have our attention. You know, when, when, when sport's playing on the TV, we can, some of us can be so zeroed in on that, that TV. And I was, I was at the club with Josh and Sarah on uh, Friday night eating and there was a raffle going on and the guys calling out things. And there was suddenly this huge applause and I thought, oh, that's, that must be. And then I looked around and realised nobody was paying any attention to the raffle. They were all watching the game that was on the screen. <laughs> and the applause was about you know, the game, not about what was going on in the club. Sport can have our attention. You know, attention can have your attention. <laughs> Some of us, our personality is wired that we want to be the centre of attention. We walk into the room and we want everybody to zero in on us, to, to, to focus in on us. Food, who, who loves food? <laughs> yeah, come on. Food gets my attention. You know, I, I, last time I was down here uh, a Several weeks ago, eight weeks, nine weeks ago, whenever it was, Dave Izzard told me all about Hayden's pies. I was fasting at the time. And so I found it very inconsiderate that he sat there and described all the different ingredients in Hayden's pies. The butter chicken, the, the cashmere lamb, all these wonderful flavours. And so... Yesterday, I got to try my first Hayden's pie. It was worth it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll definitely eat. What was that? I had the cashmere lamb. Very nice. Very bit of spice. It was quite delicious. So, so, you know, lots of things can get our attention, but ultimately, God wants your attention. And I want to read you a passage of Scripture this morning about two men who allowed God to get their attention. And when he got their attention, something significant flowed out of that. But as I share this passage with you this morning and share the thoughts that God's given me in regards to this passage, I want you to just think, where, where do you fit in this story? 
Because it's so easy to hear the Word of God unpacked and hear it preached and, and think, well, there's some good information for me. There's some, some extra knowledge to file back into the, the knowledge base. But, but what God actually wants to do is He want us, wants us to encounter Him. Every time we read the Word of God, He wants to come and minister to us, to engage with us, to fellowship with us. And so I want you this morning not just to hear a message, not just to take notes so you've got some good ideas to add to the the information bank, but to look, where do I fit in this story? What's God, what, what's, if I was in there, if I was in that, that very story, what, who would I be? Which character would I be? You know, what would my response be if I was in this situation? Just, just ask yourself those sorts of questions and allow the Spirit of God to speak to you. I'm going to read a long passage of Scripture. I hope that's okay. <clears throat> You're okay with reading the Bible in church? <laughs> You know, so, so often we can get caught up with just, you know, let's read a verse or two to, you know, have a good preach. But, but I actually want to read the whole passage because I think it's, it's good to hear it all. 33 verses. So I hope you don't fall asleep while I'm reading. Um, but it's Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 33. And it's the story of Cornelius and the Apostle Peter. Uh, so let me read. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said, Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. He told them what had happened and sent them off to Joppa. The next day, as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon and he was hungry. But while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. I don't know if you've ever been that hungry that you've fallen into a trance. But Peter had that experience. He saw the sky open and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In the sheet were all kinds of animals, reptiles and birds. Then a voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. No, Lord, Peter declared, I've never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again, do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. Peter was very perplexed. What could the vision mean, he thought. Just then the men sent from Cornelius found Simon's house. Standing outside the gate, they asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. So Peter went down and said, if the man, if the man you are looking for, sorry, I'm the man you are looking for, why have you come? 
They said, we were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He is a devout and God-fearing man, well-respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that we can hear your message. So Peter invited the men to stay the night. The next day he went with them, accompanied by some of the brothers from Joppa. They arrived in Caesarea the following day. Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered his home, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter pulled him up and said, stand up. I'm a human being just like you. So they talked together and went inside where many others were assembled. Now, if you know the story, it went on and and Peter um, began to preach and the Holy Spirit fell uh, in in this particular place. And what what I felt this morning to share as, as I read this passage, is just three simple thoughts. And, and the first one is this, that when I read this story, it's a story of two men encountering Jesus. You know, they encounter him in different ways. Cornelius, uh, you know, he's, he's a Roman uh, officer. He's, he, he has uh, leadership over a regiment there. And, and he's, he's a devout God-fearing man. And, and at three o'clock in the afternoon, he has this encounter with an angel. I, I don't know if anybody here has ever had an encounter with an angel. I haven't. Um, but, it, but, you know, when I read the scriptures, it's obviously a scary thing. You know, why do I know that? Because everywhere in scripture, when an angel turns up, the first sentence is, don't be afraid. So obviously, you know, it, it stirs up the, the, the people who are experiencing this. And, and, and Cornelius has this encounter with an angel. And then out of that encounter, it connects him with the Apostle Peter, who also has an encounter with the Holy Spirit and sees this incredible vision. And out of that vision, uh, suddenly has his whole mindset shifted. Uh, and, and, you know, in the prayer meeting before church, um, it, we referred to it, you know, in a passage that Sarah read about this conflict between Jews and Gentiles over, you know, the religious law of the Jews and the freedoms that the Gentiles uh, seem to accept in their life and the tension that, that existed there. But out of, out of this encounter, there was, there was a bigger agenda going on here. There was a bigger plan than Cornelius or Peter realised. And, and, and that's the first thing I want to say to you this morning is that God's plans are bigger than our plans. You can be sitting here this morning and think, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, just, I'm just coming to church. That's what I do every Sunday. You know, I, just, I go to church. But do you realize that this morning, if we open our heart to God and encounter him as he truly wants us to encounter him, today could be an absolutely life-changing day for you. Today could be a, a, a moment in time where something dramatically shifts in your life, where God does something supernatural, where God does something that, that causes you to take a bold, big, audacious step into your destiny. Have you ever thought that? Because I'm sure when Cornelius, you know, prayed at three o'clock in the afternoon, he didn't really understand what was about to happen. When, when Peter went up on the roof to pray, or maybe to get out of lunch preparations, <laughs> um, he didn't realise that he was about to have an encounter with God that would shift his whole thinking. 
that would change how he saw uh, Gentile people and change how he related to Gentile people and would actually, uh, you know, when I look at this passage, I think we are sitting here today because Peter had that, that vision and responded to it. Because I, I don't know whether you're Jewish here or Gentile, but I imagine most of us are Gentiles here. Yeah, I'm a Gentile. And, and I've encountered Jesus because, you know, 2,000 plus years ago, Peter was obedient to the Holy Spirit, had an encounter with God. That is mind-blowing. You know, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Oh, immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine. What are, what are you praying for? What are you believing for? What are you believing for in your life? What are you believing for in your family's life? What are you believing for for your church? God says, I can do immeasurably more than you ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. You know, Peter Cornelius had to allow the power and presence of God to be at work within them if they were going to see God do something amazing through them. You know, God's plans are not mediocre. They're, they're not plans that are easily achievable. They're not plans that, 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 that you or I can, can do in our own strength. You know, I've been there. I've tried that. I tried to build a church on my own. I tried to do it out of my own gifts and, and talents and, and, and out of my own strength. And God just showed me how ridiculous that was. And, and you know, what I've discovered is that God actually wants to work through me. He doesn't want you and I to work for him. He wants us to work from him. And so, you know, it comes back to this encountering Jesus, encountering his presence, experiencing his strength, his grace, his empowerment, trusting him implicitly. Bill Johnson says, Faith is not the product of striving, it's the product of surrender. Cornelius surrendered to God's agenda. He, 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 he got given the name and address of some guy in Joppa. <laughs> That's pretty specific. And, and, and so he sends three men to go and find the Apostle Peter. Peter has this dream and, and hears the voice of God and says, all right, I know, I know, you know, because Peter was a good Jewish boy. He'd learnt the law. He knew he wasn't to associate with Gentiles. He knew he wasn't to eat with Gentiles. He knew he wasn't even to, allowed to go into the house of a Gentile. Yet he laid all that aside and surrendered his, his religious education and his religious upbringing and, and the whole mindset that he'd been uh, you know, shaped and moulded to believe. And he put that aside and trusted Jesus. And out of that came this incredible encounter. I want to say to you this morning, don't insult God with the smallness of your vision. Don't insult God with the smallness of your prayers. Let's pray bold, audacious, big, you know, hairy prayers that, that, that you know, if God doesn't come through, we're, we're just going to, we're going to die. You know, we're going we're gonna to drown. It's not going to happen. 
It's like Peter getting out of the boat and walking on water. Well, if you say Jesus to come, I'm going to come. But, man, it's got to be you because I, I can't do this. I can't physically walk on water. And so this is going to be a miracle that you produce. You know, step out with a great vision. Step out with, with bold, faith-filled prayers. You know, step out with, with, with faith that doesn't insult God. Because it's so easy in our churches and in the, the comfort of our Australian life just to, to, to get so comfortable in this environment and, and, and how church is and, and, and the relationships we have, not to think bigger, not to think broader, not to realise that, that there's a, a community out there that needs Jesus. And, and, and if they're going to encounter Jesus, it, it's got to start in this room with you and I encountering Jesus. Because we can't, I don't know about you, but I've not been able to save one person. Only Jesus can do that. And so if people are going to come to faith in Christ, Jesus is going to have to do it. And so I'm going to have to yield to him, let him fill me with his presence and allow him to work through me and to speak through me and to use me as a vessel because I can't do it. And so it starts with that place of encountering Jesus has he got your attention this morning? Has God got your attention this morning? The second thought I want to share with you, and it's really a question, and it's this question, are you present in his presence? Are you present in his presence? You know, both Cornelius and Peter positioned themselves to encounter Jesus. I don't know about you, but at three o'clock in the afternoon, most afternoons, I'm not thinking about prayer. I'll just be honest. You know, I don't get to three o'clock and go, oh, yep, got to pray. <laughs> if you're a parent, you know, you're probably uh, about to do the school run. You know, you're lined up with all those other parents in the, in the queue in your car waiting at the school gate trying to get a park to pick the kids up. You know, or, or you're, if you're in a workplace, you might be having the three o'clock munchies. You know, lunch has started at ebb away and, and it's getting close to knock-off time and you're starting to think, hmm, might be time for a coffee break. But Cornelius at three o'clock in the afternoon set aside that time to pray, to get in the presence of God. Peter went up on the roof. He separated himself from the other people in that house and, and took time aside to be in the presence of God. Are you present in his presence? It says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. That, that's, that's quite intentional. That's not a, a cursory glance. That's, that's seated in his presence, fixing our eyes on Jesus. You know, you know for, for me, I can, I can be in an atmosphere like this morning in the middle of worship and, and I can get distracted. I can sit down in the morning to have my devotional time and, and I can get distracted. And it can be, you know, all sorts of things. I open up my phone and, and suddenly there's a notification. You know, somebody's made a comment on one of my photos on Facebook and oh, what, oh, what, what have they said? 
Instead of, what does Jesus want to say to me this morning? You know, I can be distracted. You know, as, as, a, as a pastor in church, in, and particularly in my own church, um, I can be distracted. You know, why is that person on the stage doing that in the middle of worship? <laughs> Don't they realise everybody's looking at them? You know, going back in the day, I, I don't know, you know, you guys have great worship, but uh, going back years ago, uh, we had terrible worship team. <laughs> and, and, you know, it was, some of you are shocked that I said that. <laughs> you know, I'd be in the front row and, and we'd be um, destroying this song. <laughs> have you ever been in those services? You know, you just wish it would stop. <laughs> Have you ever been on a worship team like that? I've been on a worship team where I've been on the stage going, Jesus, just swallow us up now. <laughs> you, you guys obviously have never had that experience. But I have. And as a senior pastor, I've had that experience in my church where I've gone, Jesus, I just end this right now. You know, and I get distracted by it. Instead of worshipping Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm distracted by those things. You know, the, the person on the stage will do an announcement and say, let's watch the screens and we'll all look at the screens and nothing happens. And suddenly we all go to the person up in the back. <laughs> what are they doing back there? Are they asleep? We get distracted. When we've come to encounter Jesus, are you present in his presence? Some of you right now might be thinking, wow, it's getting on. I can feel some hunger pains. You know, back in the day, people used to put their roast dinner in the oven before they came to church, put the timer on, and then pray that the preacher didn't preach too long. <laughs> are you present in his presence? Because we can get distracted. We can, we can let other things have our attention, but this morning, God wants our attention. You know, another, just being honest, you know, sometimes I wonder whether I've got God's attention. You know, I pray prayers and I go, God, why aren't you answering this prayer? Why aren't you fixing this problem? You know, what's, what's going on here? But what I've discovered is when I give God my attention, I always have his attention. When I give God my attention, I always have his attention. You know, the scripture says, draw near to him and he'll draw near to us. It says in the Psalms, be still <laughs> and know that he is God. We, we live such busy lives, you know, we're, we're in the, the social media um, generation and we have access to so many platforms to interact with people and we can get so distracted by that. But when it comes to being in his presence and encountering Jesus, he gets second place. Are you present in his presence? And the third thought that I wanted to share with you is every encounter will bring about God's purpose. Every encounter will bring about God's purpose. You see, as I said earlier, this, this story wasn't just about 
Cornelius experiencing something in God. It wasn't just about Peter experiencing something in God. It was about God doing something far bigger than either of them could imagine. And out of, out of their responsiveness, out of, out of their, their faith, out of their obedience, God, you know, it was like a key that unlocked the purposes of God. That, 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 that Cornelius should reach out to a, an unknown... He didn't know Simon Peter, but he was given very specific directions. Go to Joppa. There you'll find a man living in Straight Street in Simon the Tenor's house, and his name is Simon Peter. Wow. And so he obeys. And, of course, Peter's given very specific instructions that, you know, has this vision and the big sheet. It wasn't just a bed sheet, just they weren't miniature animals. <laughs> it was a, like a big canopy that came down from heaven full of all the, the forbidden, unclean animals, the things you weren't meant to eat. God really, you know, obviously Peter was a bit slower than Cornelius because God only had to speak to Cornelius once, but Peter needed the vision three times before he responded, had a lot of indoctrination, a lot of religiosity, a lot of rules and regulations that he'd been taught to follow and God had to sort of break through all of that. But, but both of them out of that encounter set up, not just for Cornelius and his family and that Jewish that Gentile household um, to encounter Jesus, but, but for the door to open to the Gentile world. What does God want to do through your life today? As you step into his presence today, as you bring all of yourself, everything you have, all your burdens, all your troubles, uh, all the good things, all, the, all your gifts and abilities and potential and just lay it at his feet and say, God, baptize me afresh in your presence. What might God do from this moment in time? Or tomorrow morning when you get up for your devotional time, don't just see it as a routine. Don't just go, I've got to do this because this is what Christians do. But it's another opportunity to be in his presence, to just draw aside from the busyness of life and the routines and the, the chaos and go, Jesus, come, meet with me. Come and fill me. Come and transform me. They're the key. You know, God wants to say things to us. He might, he might put on your, your heart as you're in his presence somebody to pray for. Somebody that needs a miracle, needs breakthrough in their life. He, he might give you a word of encouragement for someone. Even this morning as we finish the service and as we get in the presence of God, God might put just an encouraging word on your heart for somebody in the room. We, don't, you know, we come to church with our game face. You know what I mean by game face? Life can be hell, but we act like it's heaven when we come to church because that's what you do in church. And we know, you know how to look, we know how to posture ourselves, we know when to raise our hands, when to clap, when to stand, when to sit down. And so we can come with our game face on and, and the people around us might not realise we're in a lot of pain, but if you and I would allow God to speak to us, just maybe we might have the right word for that person that's struggling, that person that's got their game face on. It just wishes somebody reach out with love this morning and encourage them and bless them. 
God can do amazing things. Maybe, maybe it's serving in this church. You know, every church, I've not been in a church ever where the leaders have said, oh, no, we don't need any more volunteers. We're overwhelmed. We've got a waiting list, actually, because we've got so many people volunteering in our church. Never, never found a church like it. Even the big churches. Never found them sitting there going, oh, we've just, we, we should send a bunch of volunteers down the road. You know, God, God, I'm sure there are lots of roles and responsibilities in this church that need to be filled. Lots of ministries that, that, that need that extra injection of personnel. And, and, and so maybe God's just going to, if you wait on God, he'll just plant a seed in your heart of something you can step up to, where you can you know, come to Josh and Sarah or one of the other leaders and say, look, I know this sounds crazy, but I really feel I need to volunteer and, and get involved in this ministry, get involved in this department, help out with kids' ministry, whatever it is. Just stop and let God speak to you. Maybe it's a missions trip. Get, it, get uncomfortable for God. Go overseas. Do something radical for Jesus. But we're so busy building our own lives, careers, making money, paying bills, you know, all that stuff that, that we haven't got time for God to put on our heart what he wants to put on our heart. Every encounter will bring about God's purpose. And so in verse 28, you know, we, we see a great example of it where Peter, when he's talking to Cornelius, he says, so I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. As we get in the presence of Jesus, as we surrender to him and yield to him, as we're present in his presence, then we can experience that same attitude that, that Peter experienced where we can say, I, I responded without objection. As soon as God put it on my heart, I knew it was him. I knew I needed to do this. I knew I needed to step out. And so as soon as I was sent for, I went. Because if you know the rest of the story, Peter gets up and starts sharing Jesus with this uh, room full of Gentile people and, and the power of God falls. The presence of the Holy Spirit comes. This is what it says uh, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then Peter asked, can anyone object to their being baptised? I love it. You know, we like to have everything in order. You know, pray the sinner's prayer, get water baptised. Oh, and then get baptised in the Holy Spirit because that's a nice tidy order. But in this situation, nobody's even prayed the sinner's prayer. We don't even see it there. And, and the power of God falls and they suddenly all start praising God, praying in tongues. It's bedlam. And, and Peter goes, oops, we better water baptise them. You know, the growth track says we're supposed to water baptise them by now. Let's, let's back up. I, I just love how the Holy Spirit works. So he gave orders for them to be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ. Afterward, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. Ryan, can you come? You know, as we finish up, I want to ask you a couple of questions. You know, are, are you positioned to encounter God afresh today, this week, in this season? 
I've had seasons in my life where I've gotten so busy working for God that I've lost what it means to live from him. And I've had to come back into his presence and I've had to yield my, my fleshly pursuits, my, my, my attitudes, my, my mindsets that I've embraced and, and, and that have locked God out and just yield to him afresh. Are you responsive like Peter was, like Cornelius was? Are you responsive to him, to his word, to the direction he wants to give you today? Because he's going to ask you to do things that you're not going to be comfortable with. (laughs) Peter was asked to (laughs) go to a Gentile's house. How crazy is that? You know, several years ago, God spoke to me in a worship service just like this, worshipping God and said, plant a church in Manila. I went, no, God, that's silly. That's so far away from Hobart. How crazy is that? God says, plant a church in Manila. So I went back to my leadership team. I said, this is absolutely crazy. I've thought about this. It logically doesn't make sense, but this is what God's saying. And they all came back and said, we've got to do this. And so we did something that was absolutely ridiculous. But out of it, we've learned so much from what God wanted to do that we know we can now plant anywhere in the world. He's given us confidence to trust him in so many other areas. Are you ready to hear from him today? And then lastly, are you ready to step out in faith, trusting Jesus with the outcome? Because what I realised this morning, as we encounter Jesus, not just here in this service, but as we live a life of encounter, Jesus wants you to be a carrier of his presence, a container of love that just goes through life and is ready to be poured out wherever you go. And so it's not just about a one-time encounter, it's about living a life of encounter. It's about setting time aside, it's about removing distractions, uh, about positioning yourself in the presence of God, being present in His presence so that He has your attention and can fill you afresh time and time again. But, but, but realise this, every time we encounter Jesus, it could be the, the spark to the next big thing that God wants to do. <laughs> the, 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 it, it could be the, 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 the initial step in seeing someone saved. It could be the, the initial step in a miracle happening. It, it could be something shifting in your family. It could be something shifting in your workplace. You encountering Jesus, you know, one morning before you go to work and getting a download from heaven could totally change the atmosphere in your workplace because you're a carrier of the presence of God. The same Jesus, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. (laughs) That dry, horrible workplace that you work in could be shifted because the Holy Spirit breaks out through you. You hearing me? Let, let's stand to our feet. I'm going to ask Ryan to, that that song we sang just before I got up to preach. If we can go back to that, and I want to ask you this morning as we wrap this up to yield to the Holy Spirit. Don't don't yield to me. <laughs> I'm just a man, and I don't. I, I've, I've, God's done such a work in me. I don't need anybody to respond today. I'm I'm over that. I'm over those measurements of I was successful because I filled the front with an altar call. No, do business with Jesus this morning. 
And if that means coming out the front, that's cool. If that means coming out the front and lying on the floor, that's cool. If that means staying in your seat and just doing time with God, that's cool as well. Whatever happens this morning in these next few minutes, let's, let's set aside the clock. <laughs> let's not go all oh, quick. It's about to wrap up. We're about to go and get some coffee and, and bickies. And I wonder what bickies they've got today. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's, let's just put the pause button on and let's get in the presence of Jesus. Because he wants to speak to us today. Thanks, Ryan.